The Publius Enigma is a puzzle connected with Pink Floyd's 1994 album, The Division Bell. It was perhaps the first internet-based promotion for a major band, coming at a time before most artists or record labels had any kind of official internet presence. Known designers of the puzzle include Storm Thorgerson and Richard Wright. Publius the Publius Enigma is named after a messenger calling himself Publius, who posted clues on a Pink Floyd Internet newsgroup soon after the launch of the Division Bell World Tour. These cryptic posts claimed that there was an enigma hidden within the album, and that an unspecified reward awaited the person or persons to solve the puzzle. <laughs> by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on All right, everybody, welcome to episode 297 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I'm your host, in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P., and sitting right across from me is the Brown Recruits, Mr. Artro. Art, say hello to the millions. What's up, mother fruit baskets? Um, guys, go to kmancoffee.com. Check out the entire inventory of coffee beans. They got the hibiscus tea. They got the cacao butter. They got everything your heart desires. Check it all out. Tell them your boys, Art and Jacob, sent you. Use promo code America to receive 50% off. Um, that's it, dude. Try the hibiscus tea, dude. Do yourself a favor. Hibiscus extremely healthy for you. Even Tastes if, good with a Detroit-style pizza. Oh, dude. Now you're speaking my language, dude. Detroit-style pizza with some hibiscus tea from Caveman Coffee. Mm. Guys, use promo code America. Check out to receive 15% off. Take a picture of yourself eating that Detroit-style pizza and drinking the hibiscus tea. <laughs> we appreciate it. They appreciate it. And speaking of sponsors, guys, and hibiscus tea and all of that loveliness, guys, I need everyone to head on over to SucreApparel.com where the great... And powerful Nicole Smith-Bosch has put together an illustrious array of merchandise for your consumption pleasure. So go to the website, check out everything that she has out there uh, that she designed with her own two Detroit-style pizza-loving hands. So go on over there. Uh, but before you hit checkout, guys, I need everyone to enter promo code Art and Jacob, and Nicole will give you 10% off your entire purchase. But guys, we're not here to... St- <laughs> I don't know. We might bring up Detroit-style pizza a few more dude, times. I'm it, telling you, Detroit-style. It's late style. on a Saturday night. I haven't ate dinner yet. Me neither, dude. I'm Art's like, about to go grocery shopping. Th- the funny thing about it is, like, we canceled the grocery shop. But I am picking up dinner. But, oh, okay. uh, 
but the funny thing is um Apologize. no 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 don't worry about it um i'm off the next few days dude so um the funny thing about this is like i haven't eaten dinner but i drink a shitload of coffee before i came here <laughs> so like my mind is like moving a thousand miles per hour and like so is my stomach now <laughs> <laughs> so it's like damn dude like it's the hungry podcast the yeah. hungry man's podcast true true that it is yes. indeed uh but speaking of <laughs> uh, your mind moving a thousand miles per hour art what are we here to talk about today guys this one is uh one that i've been trying to to get covered but i was like it's not right it's not right not yet and then bam it just it feels right is you playing foreplay with our topics? Well, sometimes there's like topics that I have in mind for a, for a while. Like there's uh-huh. one I have in mind, but I just feel like like is this like I don't know. There's some there's some topics that I just feel right. Like that you can't have like a bunch of like murder episodes like back to back to back. Agreed. Agreed. I don't want to do a bunch of UFO episodes back to back to back. Um. So like I was like, you know what? This is like perfect. It's like a puzzle. We haven't done a puzzle one in a while. Mm-hmm. It's Pink Floyd related. It's like it's all over the place. I love it. So this is the Publius Enigma. Um, if you don't know what the Publius Enigma is, most people don't. I didn't know, and I'm a Pink Floyd fan. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know what it was. I knew about it, but I didn't know what it was up until like two years ago. And I was like, "That's interesting. We should put that on the list." And I was like, "I'm surprised." Like this was like the first like Pink Floyd ish topic that came to fruition. Like I I know on the list I have uh Pink Floyd's like how Dark Side of the Moon matches up with the Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah. I haven't deep dived into it, but I feel like that's a topic somewhere down the line. Yeah. Maybe so like that's may- a funny thing because like it does, but like <laughs> but like I feel like that's just like shit that like I don't think they intentionally did that. Like it was no. just something like stoners were like, dude, if you do this, like. But it is weird because I've done it a few times. Or whatever, oh, it's right? already synced up for you on YouTube. You can just go to YouTube and it's already synced yeah. up for you. That's where I watched it. I've done it like that. And I've done it where you actually, you know, you have to wait for the lion to roar a certain amount of time. And it is fucking creepy as shit. You know how much of a skeptic I am, right? Mm. It is creepy how fucking accurate, like fucking Dark Side of the Moon fucking see. That is Satan talking right there. And Satan loves him some good weed. Mm. <laughs> and some Pink Floyd. So, anyways, we're not going to cover that topic today. We're going to cover the Publius Enigma, which I think, again, like I said, I'd never heard of this topic. So Yeah, and so a couple of things that I do want to talk to you about is this Enigma revolves around their album, The Division Bell. Mm-hmm. So Technically I do, their last album. Technically their last album. They do have an album afterwards that only has like one real song on it and all the B-sides from this album, basically. Um, but I do want to talk to you about about this, and we'll get it more into it because um, this is an album. I think we're both Pink Floyd fans, and I think oh, I think yeah. I mentioned before how I used to like getting high and like listening to "Wish You Were Here," which by far is still like my favorite Pink Floyd album. I love "Wish You Were Here." I think it's beautiful from start to finish. Literally, you can get high to any Pink Floyd album. Sometimes you don't even have to fucking roll the joint or put it in the yeah. pipe or do whatever. However, you fucking ingest your THC. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you just get a natural high listening to their shit. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I just, I don't know what it is about Wish You Were Here, but I think that album is just so much more beautiful than all their other albums. Like, I just mm. really, really jive with that album. I know that Dark Side of the Moon and The Wall are, like, more popular albums. Commercially, yeah. But I just, I just think that that one's their, by far their best work. I just, I love that album. And, um... Um, I actually don't think the wall is as good as people make it sound. Like people make the wall sound like it's gonna like change your life, and I don't. <laughs> I'm all right on the wall. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. I don't think the wall sucks or anything like that. But 
a lot of that shit with all the, like the samples that they use with like the British actors that they put in that thing uh-huh. do kind of like annoy me a little bit where I'm like, oh. like that dude that's like, you can't help any put in unless you look. And it's just like, <laughs> dude, please. Pink Floyd, you just overdid it with the samples on this one. Yeah. That's the my one gripe on that. I think the music is great and everything's like fantastic, but it's like you listen to Wish You Were Here and there's not a whole bunch of fucking samples everywhere. And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, cool. You guys know what you're doing on this one. Anyways, the Division Bell has always been one of those albums that, like, I knew was just there, but, like, I was never, like, I never gravitated towards. So as we were doing research for this album, I wanted to listen to it more and more. And it really grew on me. There's, like, a center part of the album that's very dad rockish, and, like, I still think it's a little bit, like, it sounds a little too, like, U2 or something like that. (laughs) Like, it's just, like, one of those, like, kind of, like, blah bands. Yeah, this is them. I mean, Pink Floyd had, had at this point, been around since the mid-60s. And this is 1994 when The Division Bell is released. So, yeah, yeah, they they might even be teetering on grandpa rock at this point. But you're absolutely right. When this album came out, it was considered their worst album that they had put out. And I remember retrospectively getting into Pink Floyd in high school, like when marijuana was flowing out of my nostrils or whatever, my mm-hmm. ear holes and whatnot, right? I remember like listening to, you know, Dark Side of Moon, all the all the classics, Wish You Were Here and whatnot, right? And coming across this album and feeling very oh, underwhelmed and hating it, and only hating it because it didn't, in my little 16-year-old mind, didn't live up to my expectations, but because all the reviews, everyone was disappointed with it. Fast forward like a year or two later, uh, a local record store named Rocket Records. Shout out to Dave uh, uh, from him there. Uh, but I remember him telling me, he goes, you know what? Listen to the Division Bell again because we were having the same conversation. He goes, mm-hmm. he goes, this actually might be my favorite Pink Floyd album. And he was he put that out there and I was like, oh, you're just saying that to be like a contrarian or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. I didn't pay him any mind or whatever. So fast forward to 2023, Art and I have a podcast and we're covering a fucking a, a fucking conspiracy that surrounds this fucking album. I go ahead and listen to it again, thinking like, oh, okay, oh, this is going to be a chore. I'm going to be bored with it or not. Perfect album. And it's been raining fucking cats and dogs Dude, in California. That's another thing about that album. There's a long theme of rain in that album. Like he talks, he mentions rain so much in that album. And here, here, look, I hate to start the, the podcast like this because the episode is mostly supposed to be about the Publis Enigma. But one of the things that I thought was beautiful is like he does a lot of metaphors to, to rain in that, in that album. So that's one. Two, I always, so like, you know, whatever the meaning of the wall is, you know, it, it's very like humans suck. Like, you know, like humans <laughs> are like ruining society yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the problem kind of thing. But in this album, he kind of talks some more. It's a little more like introspective, and it's it's kind of cool because he is like they're older now. Like the band is just older, but it's a little more like, um, you know the the arguments that they've had with like past members and that sort of thing. A lot of that like really comes up. And if you listen to like the last three songs, I think it's like they're one of the best closings to an album. The the last three songs on on the Division Bell, and he kind of like points out like. You know, when you look back at those memories, if you say, like, oh, when I was a kid or, like, when I was, you know, like that, we always think of, of like, chapters in our life to have, like, you know, oh, I remember in 2015 or whatever, like, or, you know, if you're like, oh, I remember when the Lakers won the championship in that one year. Like, we create these, like, invisible chapters in our lives to, like, to 
to separate these little like moments in time. And I thought that was such a like he kind of mentions that at the end of the division belt, like the closing track. He talks about like you know the grass used to be greener, you know, and then we he creates like the division belt, like back when that was that thing or whatever. And I thought that was such a beautiful concept to an album and to think about life how like we have these like chapters and we divide them into like li- these little division bells, you know, like when the bell rings, like we divide them into like these division bell type of things. And I was like, that's so beautiful. Cause like they're older in life and like, they're not like, you know, and he talks about how like these disagreements that he had with like past members and things like that. Like he doesn't straight up come out and say that, but yeah. like, you kind of get the gist of like, like he, he, thinks of like the beauty of like those moments in life or whatever and like and i think everyone's guilty of that in a weird way like you would say like oh man like back with my ex-wife or whatever you know like whatever you're you know you know back when like my i used to hang out with my my homies or whatever and like we used to just smoke weed like life was just so much simpler back then like life used to be easy and like whatever back when my parents were together you know whatever your version of that whatever your division bell is like like we all have that and it was like as i was listening to the album and especially when it gets to that closing thing where he kind of like ties it all together saying like i just laid out a bunch of my division bells like things that i look back at life and like say like life was better when xyz was happening i was like this is pretty beautiful like Mm-hmm. this is a little bit, it almost feels a little bit deeper to me than like the wall. Like I was like, I I don't want to say I like this more than the wall. Cause I still think the wall is a masterpiece, but this is just like a little bit more like, it just hit me more, more in the feels. I was yeah. like, this is like a little more personal. I was like, maybe it's not as like, as like some of those dad rock songs in the middle that <laughs> do sound like, to me, it was like, I was listening to this. This kind of sounds like you too, like that band you too. And I'm just like, it's kind of like bland, forgettable, but for the most part, like the, beginning three songs and the closing three songs they're like damn this is really good and like there's some okayness in the middle too but it's like i was like this is pretty damn good and pretty like touching then like the fact that it you have to like see the full album and it's like completion to for him to tell and you all those little and that's what's part a, a good way to like segue into the Publius enigma or whatever that you know that we'll talk about is that pink floyd they don't just make songs and like that song is the statement. The whole album is the statement, right? So Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, like Money is the the song Money on Dark Side of the Moon. That's the big single or whatever off that. But the whole album, you ingest it as a whole album, right? Mm-hmm. You don't just listen to one song like, oh, I'm going to skip to track number three. I'm going to check it on like that. You don't do that with Pink Floyd. You ingest the whole album. And I think that's what makes this Publius Enigma so interesting is because oh yeah i can definitely see pink floyd you know doing something crazy which we'll get into uh with their last album yeah absolutely all right so let's get into it you mentioned it 2000 2000 <laughs> 1994 the Publius, the the division belt comes out correct and like most albums especially for most albums for like larger rock and roll bands. I think the Rolling Stones also put out an album in 2000. Damn it. I can't, (laughs) I can't stop saying 2000, 1994. 1994. Um, so a lot of these like, you know, giant staple acts, you know, legendary acts were kind of bringing out their like final hurrah of like, Mm -hmm. 
here we go again type of thing. Like the last time you're going to see We got to pay for that last divorce. Yeah, this is probably the last time we really put our hearts into it before you get like the best of type of thing. <laughs> and like, so they put out their, you know, last hurrah type of thing, which we, you know, I, I praised it a little bit. It's pretty damn solid for a closing album. I was mm-hmm. like, I would feel proud of, of doing that. Um, So they put it out. They do some pl- pl- publicity, nothing major, but then they do have a blimp that's flying around the United States. Mm-hmm. And that was its first like big thing that was a little bit different than, you know, other promotions where it was like, don't be alarmed. Pink Floyd's The Division Bell was pretty much coming out and they had this giant, I'm trying to read the specs here. I think I read Yeah, they that. actually, the the record company Columbia, they put it, it's like basically a Zeppelin, not yeah. Led Zeppelin. <laughs> oh, but airship named a division between, yeah. Yeah, pictured like the Goodyear blimp, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it's like all Pink Floyded out. It's all, you know, weird colors. And if you're watching the YouTube, I'll post a picture of it. But it's called The Division Bell. Not like Bell, like for whom the bell tolls, but Bell, like, you know, Southern Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would fly between uh, show locations um, from from the world tour for the Division Bell, which up to that point in 1994 when they completed that tour, and they did a whole fucking month, like, at you know, in London or whatever, right? Like, I think it was like something like 14 consecutive shows. Mm-hmm. Something crazy, because it was going to be the last time uh, Pink Floyd as a band would play or whatever. In like Wimley Stadium. I always just imagine everybody plays Wimley Stadium. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what. I, uh, <laughs> Earl's Court, I believe. I have I have the DVD right here. Yeah, yeah. Earl's Court in London or whatever, right? Okay. Um, but uh, to that point in 1994, it was the highest grossing tour of all time. And I mean, I can see why. And that, the DVD that I have here is like literally one of the best concerts like I have I, I've seen, you know, in DVD format and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Not live. That I obviously I wasn't I was like eight years old when they went yeah, on this yeah. tour. I didn't get to see it. But Can I take a look at that booklet? Yeah, go ahead, man. It it's I, it, it has all these like eyeballs and it. it looks dope as fuck. Yeah. And uh with, without a doubt, you know, that if you if you watch um Pulse, the D V D that R is looking at, one of the best uh, stage shows as well, like uh, this. Uh, I think they have like the semicircle, and they have like this beautiful light show, which will come into play. Uh, but this blimp would go between uh, show locations between March thirtieth, uh, nineteen ninety four, through October twenty ninth, nineteen ninety four. So the, basically, the whole world tour. And at the same time, Columbia they put out a press release, uh, you know, with like videos and interviews and stickers and all sorts of promo stuff that you know. Uh, record companies would put out whenever they're trying to promote the album. Uh, but it, within uh, one of the segments of the, the press kit and one of the video packages, uh, it says, a spokesperson for Pink Floyd has issued the following statement. You have spotted the Pink Floyd airship. Do not be alarmed. Pink Floyd has sent the airship to North America to deliver a message. Uh, the Pink Floyd airship uh, is headed towards a destination where all will be explained upon arrival. Pink Floyd will communicate. So already that's pretty ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I I was thinking about like promotions for albums around this, t- like, you know, in my lifetime that I've experienced. I remember when uh, Year Zero came out, uh, Nine Inch Nails was like dropping like little thumb drives before their shows. And I think you got like the album before like everybody else. They also had the thing where it was like you had to join like this like resistance allegiance thing, and they put a bunch of like their fans in a in like a school bus and like kidnapped them and took them to like this underground bunker, and all of a sudden Nine Inch Nails was playing there. I think that's still online. 
I don't know, but it's it was dope as fuck. Like yeah. it was one of the dopest things. I remember watching that and like oh, and then the, their performance got interrupted by like police and like they basically like start shooting into the crowd like fake oh, bullets. Oh shit! You never saw that? No, dude. I, I'll if I, if I find it, I'll I'll send it to you on on text message or whatever. <laughs> but it's on YouTube. Or at least it was, but it was like mm-hmm. their performance gets interrupted and like all these like fake police come in and like start. They look like the Gestapo police Damn. and like they shut down the the resistance meeting or whatever and like they start shooting like fake bullets into the crowd and stuff. Yeah, it was pretty fucking wild shit. I only knew about the fucking thumb drive. Thing, yeah, but I didn't know about the fucking fake bullet thing. That's fucking terrifying. It is terrifying. That <laughs> Especially was, given the like the Eagles of Death Metal show that happened in France. Yeah. Like, well, you can pull that, that off a, now. That was a form of mass shootings, dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but if you want to do that now. Yeah, I don't know if that same promotion will work today. But yeah. But anyway, so that was in the press junket, and then concurrently, uh, June eleventh of nineteen ninety four. So about three months, you know, into the world tour, uh, somebody using the username Publius, also using this Pennant Remailer. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know what the fuck a pennant remailer was. Again, this is like the, the fucking early stages of the internet or whatever, right? But I guess a pennant remailer basically allows someone to post on a message board uh, anonymously. So you would write, and this is how the internet would work. It was so primitive and shit. You would write an email to this pennant remailer service. They would take your message scramble your information so nobody knew it came from your email address and post it to this message board. So they were like a third party that would post on your behalf Mm -hmm. to like a very primitive Facebook or Reddit, if you will, correct? All right. And it was um, on this website called Usenet under the, again, think of Reddit, how they have like subreddits and whatnot. Uh, You know, think of the Fighter and the Kids subreddit Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you want to talk shit about Brendan Schaub or whatever. Uh, But there was this... (laughs) <laughs> message board <laughs> under the Usenet news group alt.music.pinkfloyd where a bunch of Pink Floyd fanatics would just talk about like, oh, did you hear the new Division Bell album? Yeah, that was crazy how the middle was like a bunch of dad rock, <laughs> but the first three tracks were awesome and the last three tracks were awesome and whatnot, right? Yeah. So it was kind of like something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think about the whole dad rock thing? It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, a user name that was going under the name Publius uh, said... My friends, you have heard the message Pink Floyd has delivered, but have you listened? Perhaps I can be your guide, but I will not serve the enigma for you. I will not solve the enigma for you. All of you must open your minds and communicate with each other, as this is the only way the answers will be revealed. I may help you, but only if obstacles arise. Listen, read, think, communicate. If if I don't promise you the answers, would you go? Publius. Yeah, so right off the bat, as mentioned, this is pretty ahead of its time. Nobody's doing promotions like this. Nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about. Like, yeah. everybody's just like, and Dude, it's on the internet. trying to talk about the dad rock section. Yeah, and everybody, it, this is the internet where, like, people were just like, somebody just watched You Got Mail, and they're like, <laughs> I thought this was going to turn out like a You Got Mail situation where, like, two people are just like, they hate each other, but they're both into Pink Floyds. Is then that the one where, like, Tom Hanks bangs, like, Meg Ryan or something? Yeah, shit? it's like he owns, like, a bookstore. But it's like a he owns like Barnes and Nobles, but they can't call it Barnes and Nobles, and she owns like a mom and pop shop, and he's gonna put her out of business. Oh. But then they fall in love on the internet because they're like, 
oh, like you like reading books. <laughs> so it's like, that's their common denominator. I don't know, dude. I watched it when I was like nine, dude. That, that's back like in the nineties, like when like everybody would go to like the movie store and like that would be the, the movie the mom would pick out. Yeah. It's like you, I remember like we watched it when we like, we rented that in like, in like, uh, like Apollo 11. And I think Tom Hanks is in both of them. That dude, he ruled 1994 because yeah. his Forrest Gump came out in 94 as yeah, well. Yeah, it was like, dude, I remember, all right, so this is my division bell right here. <laughs> when I like look back at that era of like my life where we would like rent movies and like it you was get a, some Detroit style pizza. Yeah, it was like a thing, dude. Like I remember we would like like make everything dark in our living room and put like, you know, Apollo 11 on. Like we would eat like, like you know, or the candy we got to pick out. And it was like, a, it was an event. It's not yeah. like now where it's just like, you know, fuck it. I guess we'll just watch. Whatever's the, on Netflix. Yeah, it's just like, oh, dude, I guess, like, the, the, they turned The Last of Us into a show. I guess we're watching that tonight. And it's just like, all right. Not that it's bad. I haven't seen it, but it's just a little less special. But anyways, going back to this. It's basically an ARG before anybody knew what the fucking ARG was. <laughs> like, pretty ahead of its time. Very confusing, I would imagine, if you're, you know, a Pink Floyd fan back in the 90s. Yeah. But it's, again, like I said, Pink Floyd would do shit like this. I think of them or them quote unquote sinking dark side of the moon with the wizard of oz mm-hmm. so as a follow-up message uh publius put as some of you have suspected the division bell is not like its predecessors although all great music is subject to multiple interpretations in this case there is a central purpose and is designated solution for the ingenious person or group of persons who recognizes this and where this information points to a unique a unique prize has been secreted how and where the division bell listen again look again as your thoughts will steer you leading the blind while i stare out the steel in your eyes lyrics artwork and music will take you there yeah you know i just want to point out this puzzle has not been solved and Correct. as i did some deep diving apparently there's still fans that are trying to solve you know the word detroit comes up shout out to detroit style <laughs> pizza it comes up a lot People think that we'll get into what people think is the prize. I won't spoil that just yet, but they think that it's still solvable. But I don't know what all that. <laughs> there is. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, and then there was a third message. Um, again, early internet. We don't know what the fuck this dude, this weirdo, is doing or whatever. Right? We're trying to talk about some Detroit style pizza and if Tom Cruise really banged Meg Ryan or not in that fucking movie. But uh, as a third message, <clears throat> Publius posts to validate the trust of those who believe as well as to reconcile the doubt of others i have gone to great lengths to plan the following display of communication monday july 18th east rutherford new jersey approximately 10 30 p.m flashing white lights there is an enigma trust dude first of all again like even the way this dude writes is like so we don't know anything about him but every even the way he writes is very like Cicada three three zero one. Yep. Like Cicada three three zero one, those ARGs like that, whatever you want to call them. Isn't there one that's called like I love bees or something like that? Yes. Yes. Like yes. I love bees. All those ARGs like that. They they all give you like this like vague like oh you should like I'm very smart I'm only gonna give you like vague information as you go mm-hmm. along, and and this is written so cleverly even to by today's standards this is very clever. Oh, yeah, it comes into play <laughs> today, in yeah. today's terms or whatever, right? Uh, so he mentioned July 18th, 1994, uh, at approximately 10.30 at East Rutherford, New, or 
Rutherford, New Jersey. That's I think that's where the New Jersey Nets yeah. at that time played or whatever, right? Shout well, out they to play, the, Pink Floyd just so happened to be playing <clears throat> at Giant Stadium, which is where Giant Stadium was at the time. That is correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't play with the basketball stadium. They played the yeah. fucking football stadium. Yeah, they were playing a football stadium. Yeah, and, so. and apparently for the first time in this tour, um, they had like a, I guess the whole stadium is, or the whole stage is like a giant eyeball, I guess. Correct. And it, and it has like a little seeing eyeglass thing where they could reflect things off of it. Well, at this particular show, at approximately that time, 10.30 p.m., they started flashing white lights at the front of the stage and then the words Publius Enigma. Or Enigma Publius. Enigma so a, Publius. Yeah, so I don't know why it was backwards. <laughs> we haven't solved that yeah. puzzle, but it was Enigma Publius. Yeah. They got put into their LED light show. Well, I also, I mean, I thought about it because I was like, let me try to solve this shit. Real quick, hearing like while well, I'm sitting taking a poop, <laughs> and I was like, "Why would things appear backwards?" And some of the artwork, I mean, you have the two faces facing each other, so it's got to be something like mirror related. Yeah, there's maybe. something going on there where it's like maybe you got to use a mirror, you got to use like a decryption code. Something's going on here. Yeah. So um, from that, that that kind of gives like a, a, you know credibility to this Publius guy that is on, you know, this Usenet forum and whatnot. And so I guess for, like, the next, like, two years, people were going wild trying to figure out, uh, you know, uh, you know what could be, you know, the the hidden message that leads to this prize. Uh, and it goes on for, like, an, another two years uh, up until September of 1996 where the pennant remailer service was shut down. And then consequently, you know, the, the Usenet group, What's using that? I guess is still a thing. I guess Google oh, it took is? it took it over, and all of these posts are archived like on Google's whatever service that they use. It's mm, like probably a, like the Wayback Machine or something. I don't know. Probably another service. But. Yeah, because you can look you can look all this stuff up, and it's still there on exists on Google or whatever, right? And it looks like fucking Tetris, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like that's how old school it looks like and whatnot. Uh, but the actual like post and you know. Uh, server actually gets shut down two years later and some people believe that Publius kind of moved on uh, to another website but there's been no credibility past that but it's kind of like one of those things like it existed like in a two-year period up until like 96 97 ish Mm. where this was real like whoever this was obviously was somebody affiliated with Pink Floyd slash the record company and whatnot and it Again, this is like the first internet puzzle. Uh, Art mentioned, you know, Cicada 3301. We did a whole episode about it. It was great. It was, it was fantastic. It was one of our gems, yes. Yes, I'd put it on a resume. The yeah. best Cicada 3301 <laughs> podcast you will ever listen to. Yeah. Go ahead and listen to that. Uh, it was the first internet puzzle. Uh, but like Art mentioned, though, even the way this guy talks, this Publius guy, guy talks, kind of reminiscent of a certain podcast we did two episodes on called QAnon where Q would post on 4chan and then later 8chan say things very vaguely uh, that challenged you to interpret things that, you know, Donald Trump was saying in the media and whatnot, where people kind of went into their own interpretations of what, what it meant, uh, you know, that Trump was saying, but in a more innocent fashion, what Pink Floyd was saying on the division bell and how can we get this mysterious prize? Yeah, one of the things I don't know, I'm not smart enough to know what what uh this is called. I'm sure there's a word for it. But a lot of it is like, you know, what 
with this type of thing, it, it it poses more questions than answers them. Correct. And because it's posing so many questions, it like feeds it like gives you that breadcrumb to follow of like like question after question of like oh, I solve this, but there's another question here and like it basically takes you down this rabbit hole when really it's just being big as fuck. Mm. Like these are big ass like responses and that's how QAnon Works. gets people hooked where it's like I'm you know, you don't have to be a genius to go down those breadcrumbs. But uh, I think that's what gets people like addicted to it. Like they think they're the one who's like solving the fucking QAnon thing. Yeah. This a little more complicated. Surprisingly, this uh, Publius Enigma is a little more complicated than <laughs> than QAnon. Um, and we'll get into why probably it was much more complicated. But um, yes, very very much the beginning of the ARG fat on the internet. Correct. And so um, some of and, and mind you, there are. Th- thousands of uh publius enigma clues i'm not gonna cover all of those oh no absolutely and it's all it's all centered around the one album because i think early publii enigmae mm-hmm. <laughs> researchers or whatever they were going back to you know previous albums like dark side of the moon the wall things like that and publius had to like set them straight he's like no it's just about the division bell yeah the clues are all around the division bell and when you look at the artwork for the division bell they're pretty complex so if mm-hmm. you go into the cd booklet or the the vinyl booklet or whatever you have and oh yeah by the way each country had a different booklet so there's tons of different art that could get interpreted in every which way you wanted everyone's talking about, you know, like, oh, on this page, you know, the number's upside down. It's supposed to represent Detroit. This is this. This is this. This is what this means. He says this at this time, and this uh, references, you know, this, that, or another, and whatnot. So the the interpretations are almost limitless. Oh, yeah. And people literally have put together eight-hour YouTube videos explaining quote unquote how they solve the enigma and whatnot right yeah i sent you that video of that lady talking about how like this points to this it points to the word detroit and it's like the letter i it points specifically to the the it part of detroit and it's just like oh my god like they're basically like looking for anything and it is pretty much very artwork oriented because there's two particular pictures in the artwork that that point this out. One of them is uh, like a man in, in the fields and it's basically like a dude that's like walking through like very tall grass. And I think that one says enigma in the corner. Mm-hmm. It's like a very blurry enigma. And then the other one is like a man staying on a, on a, on a mountaintop ledge. And that one says Polybius or Polybius. <laughs> Publius. Yeah. Um, I knew that was going to happen eventually. Oh, yeah. Another internet mystery, guys. Go Google that one. Listen to our episode about that. Uh, But, yeah, like the Pulse DVD, which is right here for all the YouTube uh, watchers and Facebook Live watchers as well, uh, that was released um, in 2004 uh, during uh, another Brick in the Wall Part 2. Enigma flashes in the backdrop, that elaborate LED high lid thingy that they have in the background. Uh, And the DVD distributor, DOS Boot, their logo is an Enigma machine, uh, which you see the logo for at the end of the DVD show, um, which was actually removed in the 2019 box set later years mm. for whatever reason or whatnot. Uh, the mini disc uh, for Momentary Lapse of Reason, which is a diff- it's the second to last album, so the album before um, Division Bell. So it isn't true uh, that it's only the Division Bell. 
Um, but the mini da- disc, uh, Publius and Enigma, is seen within uh, the artwork throughout various locations. Uh, 2003 DVD live at Pompeii, uh, Publius Enigma is spoken before uh, the song One of These Days, which is a song off of uh, the Division Bell. Uh, page 13 of the Division Bell, apparently there's an anagram, which is like a jumbled up word or whatever that's nonsense. Uh, but most people, they decipher it as saying Enigma. Uh, Ian Eames' uh, movie, The Endless River, which I guess is found in the box set for uh, later years, shows Publius Enigma at the end of the second song, Alan Y. Song, I guess. I don't know. I'm just copying this shit off of Wikipedia, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to go buy the fucking $2,000 box set to you know verify this. But yeah. apparently Publius and Enigma is scattered throughout a lot of media surrounding the Vision Bell. Yeah, I mean, what do you think that is? That like it's just a personal thing because it's it's it goes all the way back to their live in Pompeii era, and so like it's not something that they just came up with for the division belt. Like mm-hmm. it's been maybe an inside joke that they've had for a long time. It's it's maybe they just think it sounds cool and cryptic, like, and they just decided to throw it out there into the, like the world for people to like chew on, like you know. It's it's hard to say what it what that phrase means, but it definitely like means something to the Pink Floyd like you know artwork department at the very least. <laughs> I think what it is it's like when it caught on in 1994 again, internet very primitive mm-hmm. form of technology. I remember like when the internet first came out, it was a big deal just to go to fucking NBA.com to see how many fucking assists Jason Kidd had that night or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't think anybody knew it was going to become what it became today. And I think this was like the first thing that went viral on the internet. And I think that probably that probably hit the members of Pink Floyd a certain way. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like kind of like an inside joke in later releases and in later artworks and whatnot, I could see them saying like, Oh yeah, put that in there. That'll, that'll, that'll make the fans on this, <laughs> this message board go crazy. If we put that in there, because as you know, I'll go into later, mm-hmm. the statements that these, uh, that Pink Floyd had different members and people affiliated with Pink Floyd, they pretty much blamed it on something else that mm-hmm. it wasn't them trying to be all cryptic. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, I mean, does it, uh, yeah, I get it. I I get it. I I understand it from Pink Floyd's perspective. They do interviews on uh, what's their magazine that they have? Brain? Is it oh, Brain Damage. Brain Damage. They come out on their Brain Damage magazine and basically elaborate, saying we didn't have anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't our idea. Um, basically, pointing the finger at a gentleman that worked for the Ronald Reagan administration, saying <laughs> he. He loves puzzles, and he was the one who like came up with the idea for this, but that was not our doing. And basically, like we don't know what why they decided to do that. That was more of a publicity stunt than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's only right that we get their actual like statements on this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, during a 2002 uh, web chat with you know guitarist and lead singer at this point, David Gilmore. Fantastic guitar player, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like I love like the the sound of his guitar, second to none. Uh, said that the puzzle was some silly record company thing that they thought up to puzzle people with. Uh, and then and again in April of two thousand five, during a book signing on uh, his biographical work, Inside Out: A Personal History of Pink Floyd, uh, drummer Nick Mason, who was 
second in charge, second in command in Pink Floyd at that time, affirmed that it had been just instigated by the record company, stating that uh, it was a ploy by EMI, uh, the record company, which is like a subdivision of Columbia Records, <clears throat> that they had a man working for them who adored puzzles. He used to do work with the Reagan administration. Uh, his job then would be to be in meetings with the president, and when Reagan would say, let's bomb these people, he would say, he would say to Reagan, <laughs> that's not a good idea, sir. Uh, he was working for EMI and suggested that a puzzle be created that could be followed on the web. The prize was never given out to this day and remains unsolved. The prize was something like a crop of trees planted in a clear-cut area of the forest or something to that effect. It was not to be a prize of some tangible thing, but rather a touchy-feely sort of gift that was more a philanthropic thing than something you can actually hang on the wall. Um, When I read that, like, it it, kind of makes sense, right? Like, I always ask myself the question, why? Like, why would somebody put out Cicada 3301? Mm-hmm. Why would somebody put out QAnon or whatever, right? Like, with QAnon, I think those people that are responsible for it, watch the HBO documentary, just love chaos. You know, watch that HBO documentary and you'll see what I mean. For the Cicada 3301, I think it's more of a, like, hey, a community kind of thing, which I think this is some of it, too. But for this Publius Enigma, it's the probably the first recorded attempt at a company trying to attempt viral marketing, right? Here you got Pink Floyd's, at this time, last album that they're ever going to put out. A lot of um, record reviewers were kind of trashing it in the media and whatnot. And how do you get people to get invested into this album? Try Again, this became like the most successful world tour how do you get how do you get the the buzz going or whatever? Create an internet puzzle or some kind of puzzle that's going to force you to go out and buy the album, scan over all the artwork, scan over all the lyrics, scan over everything and to keep talking about it. And if you're talking about it, you're giving it free promotion. Yeah, no. I I thought it was pretty genius. Oh yeah. I had never heard of anything like this early in like I didn't even think like people in the 90s were doing shit like this. Because this is like when Nirvana is like blowing up, you know, like, yeah, this is, you know, Dr. Dre, like Dr. Dre wasn't doing this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Dre was just on MTV smoking weed or something, you know, like Snoop Dogg was murdering people and shit. Yeah. yeah. It was like, nobody was doing stuff like this. Like Pink Floyd, super ahead of its time, like even in its promotion. And I know that that wasn't necessarily their, their idea. I even think that in that brain damage thing, like the fact that they had their own magazine and the dude that was (laughs) interviewing them, did you see that it was... uh, it's uh, Uncle Custard. And I guess that whole thing, the Uncle Custard thing is an inside joke because it's supposed to sound like uncool car stud. Yeah, I it saw was, that. It was so goofy and silly. It reminded me of like... Uncle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, you have to say it like in a British accent too yeah. for it to make sense and it works. It, it reminded me of like, um, you know, the band Radiohead. Like yeah. Radiohead gets pin, pinned as like this like artsy fartsy like thing or whatever. And, like, they had an inside joke of, like, every time you, like, did something wrong or, like, you fucked up or, like, you spilled Mm -hmm. someone's beer or something like that, the karma police is going to come get you. And, like, eventually turned out to be, like, they wrote a song called the karma police and everybody thought it was, like, this deep philosophical thing or whatever. And they're like, oh, no, we would just say it when, like, somebody would spill someone else's beer on the tour bus or whatever because it was, like, a fucked up thing to do. So, like... 
Or like when someone was being like extra annoying on the tour bus, we'd be like, oh, dude, you're being really annoying. The karma police is going to come get you. And I, I think that like whenever you have these like really, really talented bands like a Radiohead or a Pink Floyd or something like that, people like overanalyze their stuff to the point where it's like, dude, you're overanalyzing inside jokes in the band. And like, I think that this is like a perfect example of this. Like, how do we know that Publius Enigma wasn't like a dumb joke that they had like mm. from when they were kids and they were, they were brought it up all the way to the very end. And you mentioned the Balenciaga episode, I think <clears throat> in um, the Patreon or whatnot. Right. And I was thinking about this too, like Publius, like what, what the fuck is that Latin or some shit? So I Google translated it, and no, it doesn't mean Satan is king, like Balenciaga or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. When you put it into Google Translate. Uh, but I was like, what does Publius mean? And it means the people, the people's enigma, the people's mystery or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Which which would make sense that you would name it something like this. It's for the people. It's for the people. It's their lat. To me, I think, you know, if it is the record company and all they're trying to do is trying to get, you know, people to talk about that free publicity kind of thing or whatever, like, okay, Smart move or whatever, right? You got you got everyone's $15 or whatever CDs cost at the fucking time in 1994. Uh, but if it is Pink Floyd, you know, kind of behind it, you know, tongue-in-cheek or whatever, like it's the people's mystery. Like this is your this is your swan song. This is your last album or whatever, right? They would disband right after the last concert that they performed, you know, in October 29th of 94 or whatever, right? If you're giving the people your last hurrah of work, bravo. Like it, like it went on to inspire so many things on the internet including yeah. unfortunately QAnon there's a um, so as I was looking into this and I was like looking into what Pink Floyd fans think it was so a lot of them tie back to Detroit it was kind of ironic that I read the Detroit style pizza I did not mean to do that but mm-hmm. a lot of them think that the whole Detroit thing and it brings it back to Detroit they think that they were going to plant trees in Detroit and it's a specific tree that that when the you know when the leaves turn we don't really get that in california it's either dead or alive here so like but apparently <laughs> or like, burning yeah so in in like that part of the world where like t- trees actually turn the leaves turn different colors there's a certain tree and i forgot what it's called but it turns and it for a long time it's kind of like this reddish pinkish color and they were they think that they were planning on planting a bunch of those trees so like when it all turned like all the trees turned it would just be like this like forest of pink trees to tie it into the pink Floyd, Floyd type of thing. And I was like, that's pretty, that's pretty adorable. Like kind of a, like, that's kind of cool, dude. Like I, yeah. I'd be like, and it would be like a thing where like pink Floyds can come, fans can come gather and like hang out in their pink forest of like pink Floyd fans or whatever. And I was like, that's pretty fucking cool, dude. Yeah. If like my favorite band, like if Deftones did something like that, where it's like, we're going to plant a bunch of trees <laughs> and we're all, you can come hang out here. Like these are trees dedicated to our fans. It would I'm be like, a very Pink Floydish thing to do too. Yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of, kind of a cool little thing that, that, uh, Pink Floyd would do or whatever. But like, um, sadly no one ever found it. <laughs> yeah. No one ever figured out the, no one found the golden ticket for Charlie and the chocolate factory. And Willy Wonka just had to die alone with his Oompa Loompas and shit. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> much what happened is like, forest was never made so like <laughs> at this point i'm pretty sure that like even if you solved it it would like it wouldn't matter yeah, yeah it's like oh this is an expired lottery ticket dude like <laughs> you're, you're not getting that shit no more <laughs> that's how i feel like it would it would you, end now you get a slug worth ever stopping gobstopper or whatever yeah. uh one thing i did think was cool uh you mentioned you know the the brain damage 
I guess it's like a fan magazine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess fans would send in questions. Mm-hmm. And I guess apparently this Uncle Custard was in cahoots with Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was true or not. Uh, but people were asking like about the Publius Enigma. <clears throat> and I guess like in issue number 34, the magazine contains the following question to Uncle Custard. Uh, who is Publius Enigma? And this is Uncle Custard talking. Who is Publius Enigma? What is the meaning of it all? And what is the treasure to be had? Answer. The infamous Q has emphasized you humans are so limited. This is a project for those out there with higher IQs. It does not require a mastery of diverse languages along with a lot of spare time. Now get with it. The lights were brighter. The meaning is worn inside out. Uh, The bell is tolled and the surrogate band is coming back to life. The answer lies not linearly within the paradox of the theme of the division bell, communication breakdown. Hint. Watch the Learning to Fly video. It may also involve an anomaly in the time-space continuum. There's an obvious solution, and you do not need to be a Floyd historian to figure it out. Winners will receive official entry into the Mensa Society. That's what Alex Trebek was a part of. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And some dry ice to cool down all those neural pathways in your brain. It is important to note that neither I nor anyone involved with this zine, which they called magazines, uh, we'll enter into any correspondence on this topic. It's a puzzle for you, again, the people, uh, devised by the one who loves you enough to drive you mad. Besides, I am much too busy creating crop circles and executing think tank projects for the Pentagon. So I thought that was a pretty interesting response. Mm-hmm. Also, too, at the beginning where I said uh, the infamous Q has emphasized. Now we can Monday morning quarterback, and it's yeah. just like, QAnon or whatever. The birth of QAnon. Pink yeah. Floyd is QAnon. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes it does make sense that, you know, whoever was behind QAnon, they would be of the age. Again, yeah. watch the QAnon documentary on HBO, that they would be of age to be a Pink Floyd fan during this time. So mm. I think whoever legitimately is behind QAnon, they were a, definitely a part of like this Publius Enigma uh, community. They were probably like, you know what we should do? We should call ourselves Q and start saying all these like vague internet messages to like try to get like fucking Republicans riled up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, you know what? That a lot of what they just said sounds like a joke. The whole uh uh entry into the Mesa society and some dry ice to cool all those neural pathways in your brain, like that, all sounds like some like smart alecky like definitely type of thing where like somebody would probably look more into it. Like, oh, I gotta rearrange those letters and hope that it like you know it's just like no, this dude is just poking fun at you right it, now. Exactly, and that's what I that's the way I took it as well. That's why I found it interesting, yeah. and it kind of reminds me like the people that do take it seriously like that was kind of like Russell uh, Crowe, yeah, Russell Crowe in a Beautiful Mind. Where he was like figuring out all these like complex oh, yeah, yeah. like fucking mathematic things like the government was after him and shit when it was just all like oh no dude like yeah. this was just to get you to buy the fucking division. It, it's the people that look too much in like Coheed and Cambria lyrics. Like it's just it's just a brother and sister trying to fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't that deep, dude. Shout out to Ross Calderon. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, interesting fucking topic, dude. Uh, if this podcast ever ends and I need something to do. I guess one of my what, fucking lifelong projects is to figure out the public enigma. What's your uh, favorite Pink Floyd album? Good fucking question, man. Uh, I you know I always want to fucking default to fucking Dark Side of the Moon just because like that's the big sexy one or whatever. Yeah, 
Let me, but that, I, I mean, you ain't wrong. That album doesn't suck. It's really good. Yeah, but there's so many great fucking Pink the, Floyd the, albums. Okay, so one thing that as I was doing research for this, I forgot how many fucking albums they have. They have a lot of albums. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and Dark Side of the Moon, that's like their magnus opus or even The Wall, right? Dark Side of the Moon is their eighth album, right? Yeah. How many? That's like fucking Jay-Z putting out his fucking best album now in his fucking 50s or whatever, yeah. right? That's where Pink Floyd were at. Like, because they were very much as 1960s They were band. a 60s band who put out their best work in the late 70s. It's like fucking like 20 years removed from where like they were young. And their lineup changes were all over the place. Correct. And like, so, and like, you really have to break it down. Like, first two albums, they're kind of their own thing. Like, they're mm-hmm. more like the Mars Volta, like the early like albums. Then later on, they they get into that weird experimental thing where they're just doing like crazy soundtracks and things like that. Like it wasn't anything too cohesive. And then they get really like into it when they do like dark side of the moon, Mm -hmm. wish you were here, the wall, like they do all those albums back to back to back where it's like, damn dude, animals Mm -hmm. like, yeah, no animals is a super underrated one. Like like their first album Piper at the gates of dawn when they had like their first singer, uh, Sid Barrett, yeah. That's a classic. Uh, Saucer Full of Secrets. I don't. I think I've listened to it, but I don't have an opinion. Oh, on the, it. dude, that's a better album than their first album, dude. Okay, I'm gonna take your word for it. Uh, Uma Guma, like that's a fucking okay, classic. So the funny thing about Uma Guma is like I had never heard Uma Guma until like fairly recently, and it is very good. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. Uh, Adam at the heart. Adam Hart Mother, like that's a good one. Okay, here's here's the one I was trying to think of that I really like. And would challenge for my best album by Pink Floyd. I'd have to do the fucking, you know, uh, fucking uh, March Madness brackets to fucking figure it out. Yeah, but yeah. metal, I love, not metal, like heavy metal, yeah. M-E-D-D-L-E. That is a fucking amazing, underrated Pink Floyd album right there. And I would say it's it's right up there with Dark Side of the Moon and Wish You Were Here. And Animals is great. The Wall is great. Uh, Final Cut, I don't really care for that album. So the Final Cut is just basically the wall part too. It's yeah. like, here's some more wall stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care for that and one. And I did not know this, but apparently like that was so divisive to the band. like They didn't want to do the the final cut thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, and it was like, that's basically that album that really broke them up for a while. It mm-hmm. was like, no, we're doing the final cut. And it was like, oh, I nah, guess we dude. are. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then that's why there's a giant. And then uh, Momentary Lapse of Reason, that was not even supposed to be a Pink Floyd album. That was an almost completed album. Who was the lead singer at the time? Uh, uh, David Gilmore? David Gilmore was like the lead. It was supposed to be a solo David Gilmore album, and then it was just like, should we just make this a Pink Floyd album? And it came out as a Pink Floyd album. And it's a pretty so, solid album, too. Yeah, it's it's you know, it's know what it is. You know, it's it's David Gilmore basically with like featuring guys from Pink Floyd. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, you know, basically the Division Bell is... The Vision Bell, very underrated, dude. Endless River, I will say that the the what's the last song on Endless River? The one that actually has words to it. Um, let me look it up. But that song is very good. Um it's it's a good song. Yeah. It's got one good song and a bunch of like ambient noises. Yeah. Uh I'm not that into Dude, the Wikipedia for this, dude, like Pink Floyd, I mean fucking whatever 12 albums or whatever and like 10 out of the 12 are fucking classics or whatnot you look at the album sales for it right dark side of the moon 45 million albums sold wish you were here 20 million albums sold 
animals, 12 million. Okay, we, we lost a step there. Uh, 30 million for the wall. Uh, a momentary lapse in reason, 10 million or whatever, right? And that's like not even a very well known album. Uh, the Division Bell, their worst album, still sold 7 million copies. And it's, it's like amazing, like how many albums they were able to sell like it, like that's just it's maddening right mm-hmm. if somebody sells like 500,000 now like they're the fucking <laughs> they're the new kings of the music industry and shit. yeah what's is it it's more more is the one that is like a soundtrack to something to a movie mm-hmm. right pink floyd's more i think it's the soundtrack to a movie oh yeah soundtrack to the movie more duh mm-hmm. um that i don't really Wait, is that the one? Which is the one where they're like making animal noises for a while? Animals. Is it animals where yeah. they're just making a bunch of random <laughs> animal noises? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. I um, love that album. Yeah, I mean, dude, they're so ahead of their time. I, I know we say that about a lot of bands, but Pink Floyd definitely ahead of their time. They still sound like a, a band. If they were to put some of these albums out now, like it would still sound good, right? Yeah. And another thing, too, like with their album art, I don't know when this started. But, like, you look at, like, the album cover for Animals. Like, it looks like it could be, like, CGI. Like, no, no. They actually went to that factory and, like, flew a humongous, like, uh, pig balloon for yeah. that fucking album. And then even, like, the uh, the Division Bell, mm-hmm. that was, like, an actual sculpture uh, that was placed out in the middle of a field. And, then like, yeah. you look at the, like, the the center focal point and it's like this actual abbey who's the who's the artist who came up with those because i know he did a couple of he did the oh, first two shit. mars volta album covers storm storgerson or some shit oh shit i just had it up right now he just had such a like beautiful eye for like for like weird things that the uncanny valley vibe to him storm thorgerson yeah um, like those Mars Volta albums where there's like two guys driving and they're driving in the same direction and they both have masks on and mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of weird like it is a Pink Floydish kind of fucking album yeah, yeah the first two Mars Volta albums they pretty much got the same dude and be like can you just make us Pink Floyd but album even he covers? came out to, to make this back about like the Publix Enigma they even interviewed him and he said like yeah, yeah this has nothing to like I had nothing to do with putting secret messages yeah, yeah. in the album cover work there was probably just nothing there. That's the other possibility that was just like, here's like a dog, the Ouroboros of like, just yeah. go ahead and like Ouroboros your way through this because there's nothing there. Yeah. Uh, I don't we know. We just want you guys to talk about this on the internet so we can get so, more. So Art and Drake, I'm going to do a podcast from this 25 years later. <laughs> Fucking 30 years <laughs> yeah. later. Shit, goddamn. Uh, anyways, Art, you got anything else, man? No, no. Uh, shout out to Pink Floyd. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, half of them are dead. <laughs> or not, you know. <laughs> there was one that I saw, like, it does get a little silly, where, like, people were, like, putting, again, being a beautiful mind, Russell Cole and a beautiful mind, where, like, they started to get that number 1111 somewhere, somehow, or whatnot. Mm. And they were like, Live 8, when Roger Waters oh, rejoins Oh, I the did bit. see that. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, dude, you're, like, piecing together things that doesn't even make sense. And they're like, and then... David Gilmore released the album 11 years and 11 months after the division bell. And it's like, I don't think like he's thinking about yeah, that. Like, I don't think so either. Apparently hey, dude, I like got, I got a, de- I got a deadline to release this album 11 years and 11 <laughs> months after this fucking one album, just so I can make the Publix <laughs> Enigma make sense. I'm going to hold up making money for all these years. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, um, yeah, I guess the, their live aid set got like postponed like 30 minutes. And then it was like, oh, they went on at exactly 11, 11, or some stupid shit like that. Yeah, I did see that. I didn't really put much weight into that. And then you actually look it up, and it's like, no, that's not 100% true. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, oh, they just they just have to go on late because, like, fucking 
Whitney Houston <laughs> took up too much time or some shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah. too many too many things would have to fall into place to make this fucking yeah. work or whatever. And it, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, they were they were installing uh, Janet Jackson's toilet seat, so they were like. <laughs> You know she has to get a different toilet seat installed everywhere she goes. Really? You didn't know that about Janet Jackson? No, I did not. No, dude, we should do an episode about Janet Jackson's toilet seat thing. <laughs> she has a new toilet seat installed everywhere she goes. I mean, those like paper things they don't work for her. Dude. Oh, she needs a whole ass fucking. She toilet needs to replace the toilet seat. Imagine, <laughs> imagine like your fucking, you know, that fucking tour manager, like yeah. whatever city that you, Detroit, whatever, yeah. right? On her rider, <laughs> she de- she demands Detroit style pizza. And then that dude has to walk into Home Depot or Lowe's and buy like every fucking fucking toilet seat yeah. cover in the building and shit. Oh my god, dude! Who's it? Who's the dude that she's married to? Jamiroquai? Not Jamiroquai. Jermaine Dupri. Jermaine Dupri, dude. Imagine being Jermaine Dupri and having to buy all those toilet seats. That's exhausting, right? Hey, the barber. Oh, no, a different dude. I'm thinking of a different guy. He does have that voice though. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I, did I ever tell you about the time I was convincing some guy at work when I worked at Toyota? That I was like, I asked him, I was like, do you know who Jermaine Dupri is? And he's like, no. And I was like, dude, Jermaine Dupri is like a dictator in, in <laughs> Africa. And like, he was like, the name sounds really familiar. I was like, yeah, dude. I was basically just like, took the, um, what is it? The uh, money in a thing? No, no. What's that dude's name? The Coney Col- 2012 thing? Oh, okay. And I just inserted Jermaine Dupri in there and he was like eating it all up, dude. Dude, that's a future dude. fucking April Fool's episode oh, right there. Oh, dude, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude, that's all I got. Take my movie with two. Shout out to Lizard Jack with Tell Lizard Warren. <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, or if you have fucking, or if you think you've solved the Publis Enigma, I don't think dude, it's solvable. If you're a Pink Floyd fan, tell us what your favorite album is and why. Mm. That's what I really want to know. I, you got me really thinking now. I have no idea what my favorite Pink Floyd album for, is. For me, it's easy because it's like, Wish You Were Here was the, was the album that got me into Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. And I think it's. Bob Eines is the guy that produced that album. And um, fun fact, here's a fun fact that you probably won't get for another podcast. So Bob Eines was set to produce uh, Deftones' Saturday Night Wrist album. And um, when that was released, like I was like, oh, we're going to move away from Terry Date and we're going to have Bob Eines do this album. He's produced, he did the Wish You Were Here album, all this stuff. And I was like, <clears throat> so... Deftones came out and said, like, yeah, we want a uh, more atmospheric album, and which that album really is more atmospheric. It's their most atmospheric album. Yep. And um, they uh, they had mentioned how he did. He was, you know, one of the guys in the studio with Pink Floyd while they were doing Wish You Were Here. And I remember I went to Target, like, and I was like, Wish You Were Here was being sold. I was like, you know, every once in a while they would just have, like, greatest hits things on their DVD or CDs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I bought it, and I remember, like, Dude, I used to listen to that album while falling asleep like all the time, oh, just wow. thinking like this is beautiful. Like I was like, this is like ambient and beautiful and dark and like menacing at the same time as like being like it was just like so many things that were just like I just think it's like perfect from start to finish. I it it like literally feels like welcoming and like dark at the same time and it's just really really well done i kind of want to go get some detroit style pizza right now not because i'm just fucking starving my ass off my blood sugars uh, falling yeah. down but i want to get some of that and listen to that while i fall asleep because you're absolutely right it's one of those those albums where it completes the entire rem cycle for you oh shit. yeah absolutely dude. Uh, but anyways yeah tell us what your favorite pink floyd album is hit us up on all the social medias at art and jacob do america except for twitter we are at art and jacob do a one 
Because goddamn son, sometimes that's just how a steak is done. I need to uh, get that on vinyl, dude. What, A1? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> wish you were here? Wish you were here. I think I have it in that box over there, really? which I have to start fucking displaying. But anyways, anyways, guys, if you want to help support this podcast, I highly recommend heading on over to the Patreon over at patreon.com slash America, where nine times out of ten, those episodes that you're hearing over on the Patreon are better than the actual episodes that you're hearing today for free. We can attest this from both Patreons, uh, from two Patreons, I should say. Uh, your boy Ross Calderon, who says he loves the Patreons more than he likes the actual, actual episodes. And our boy Axel Lanaya, who actually says he wants to only show up for a Patreon and then dip out once we start talking about fucking Janet Dang, Jackson's what a goof. covers. You're uh, missing out all the Janet Jackson Jermaine Dupri talk. <laughs> but anyways, head on over to Patreon. Uh, get yourself a bonus episode every week help support this podcast if you want to help support this podcast in any other way guys i highly recommend heading on over to the official website at rnjacobdoamerica.com follow the merch links where the brown recluse over here has designed four different designs for your consumption pleasure and it's not so much to help us monetarily as we see maybe 12 13 cents per purchase over there uh, but it helps promote this podcast not virally like the Publius enigma I mean, that's up to y'all guys, you know, join the Facebook group and talk about how every episode Jacob wears a shirt that corresponds with the topic at hand. And then there's a DVD in the background. And if you do the numerology on it, it equals 666 because yeah, Jacob yeah. is actually a Satan worshiper or whatever, right? True, I heard that. Uh, that's what you guys can do. I'm not going to do that, but support us there. Buy a shirt. That way, when you are watching the reunited Pink Floyd in concert and you're wearing a Art and Jacob Do America t-shirt... It lets the boys know in Pink Floyd that our podcast exists. They can listen to it and critique us and love us. Take them on tour. Do all the great things. But do that, guys. Help support us. Uh, if you want to hear other great podcasts, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to podbelly.com uh, where you can check out other great podcasts that we are affiliated with on that network, uh, like our boys over at the Sofa King Podcast, as well as Paranormal Punchers and robots ride but with that said guys it's that time where my voice says sayonara motherfucker but with that said guys goodbye and good night good night god bless america yeah god bless america everybody